0: For the utter grace of being called your children, we give you thanks. Amen. Please be seated. On this first Sunday after Christmas, we're taken to the deep end of the pool in our reading from John's gospel in the simplest of terms, the first verse of John 1, 17 words, None of them longer than two syllables. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in those in Greek, 17 short words, short words. For 2,000 years, we've been, we've been giving a mystery to ponder that we will never exhaust the simplicity of God and the complexity of God. And the Word who is alongside God, with Him, and at the same time is God. In this incredible mystery of the Word being both with God and being God, part of the one God, we we find that we are made for relationship. There was always God, and God was always in relationship with God's self. I was made for relationship because for, before everything was, relationship was. And because God has always been relationship, he, he spins out the planets and they experience gravity. He makes animals and nobody has to tell them, but they mate. And humans love And in this passage, I find four four phrases that help me appreciate anew at this Christmas season, why it is that Jesus came just the way he came. First, Jesus, verse 1 says, was God. Was God and is God. Why did I need God to come? Well, I don't know about you but I'm a very proud person. And honestly it's a most freeing thing to realize that in the end I'm not God and that he is. It's also quite humbling because he comes as God I can take the lower part except the fact that I don't call the shots and I don't know about you, but there's a freedom in surrendering that right to him. He comes as God with authority to forgive. This is why he was accused of blasphemy when he was on the earth. I know in my heart of hearts that I have caused hurt that I can never make go away. I've done things I can never make right. I know that I am a victim of habits and compulsions I can never just make go away. I need someone to come with the authority to say, I've got this. I will make it all right. I forgive. Praise be that Jesus was and is God who has that authority and that right. Second, it is one who was with God who comes, and moreover, jumping down to verse 14, came to live among us, to make his home among us. I not only needed God to come, I needed a human being to come, one who is just like me. You needed one to come who is just like you. In the very best of lives, there is loneliness. In the very best of lives, there is pain, sadness, loss that's beyond description. And for many of us who have experienced loss and pain, Christmas can be an especially painful time when we're reminded of the loneliness and the absence. Parents bury their children, someone you thought would be there for life, just up in leaves. Self-doubt that was planted long ago by critical parents or teachers or coaches it cripples you, wakes you up at night, and won't let you go back to sleep. At age five, I remember sitting on a curb in front of my house just up the road in Inverness, crying and and hugging my beagle mix dog, Tuffy. Now, I don't even remember why I was out there on that curb. I don't remember what the problem was. I just remember crying, hugging Tuffy, and saying, Tuffy, you're the only one who understands. At this remove, I now know that Tuffy was a kind and gentle stand-in that my heavenly Father had sent for the one who was with God and who became flesh and lived among us, the one, I can, the one to whom I can now say, Jesus, you're the only one who understands. So, I'm reminded from John's gospel that the one who came was God with authority and power to take charge and to forgive. I'm reminded that the one who came was enough like me That he could be alongside me in the moments of loneliness and pain and absence, loss, and be one who really does understand. Third, jumping down to verse 17, John reminds us in language that's echoed in Paul's uh, writing to the Galatians that law came through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus… In Jesus' coming, displacing the the, the rule of law with the rule of grace and truth, I'm reminded that there is hope for the divided me. Bear with me for just a moment. In a Savior within whom divinity and humanity reside, as the ancient church put it, without division or separation, there's hope. For my own deliverance from the whiplash that I experienced between the good me and evil me, between the me that delights in God's will and love and the me that fights his will and loves me above all. Moses brought the law, which codified our pattern, our sad pattern of obedience and disobedience, of one moment shouting with with the Israelites, all that the Lord says we will do, and then the next moment constructing, like in the very next chapter of Exodus, a golden calf. Moses made us all too aware of the self-condemning frustrating prayer. Today, dear God, may I, may, let me listen to the better angels that I may be patient on I-4, that I may care about the refugees at the border and the new neighbor who's just moved in next door. that I may do more with my spare time than spend it on Netflix, more with my income than spend it on myself. Jesus is that, in quotes, better angel who having lived among us and who now lives in me unites in himself divinity and humanity. He embodied then all the beatitudes, and works them now in me, making me over into one who moves if slowly and not without resistance, nonetheless inexorably towards that which he says, I will eventually be forever, humble, empathetic, meek, devoted to goodness purity, generosity, and love. Praise be to him who came to bring grace and truth. Fourth, not only does he come as God, and that's important to me, not only does he come as a human, and that's important to me, not only does he come to bring grace and truth and unite, uh, unite that which is divided in me, he comes, as verse 4 says, as one who brings life and light to all people, or as the hymn says, light and life to all he brings. In a Savior within whom divinity and humanity reside without, as the ancient church put it, without confusion and without change, there is promise that there is a there, there is a glorious, image-bearing human being in here that is, that is coming out and is made to experience a bit of glory and not to be buried. Have you noticed that sometimes what people call religion can deaden Have you known people where the true person becomes hidden behind Bible quotes and harsh rules that go beyond anything the Bible ever says, and that their world is governed by conspiracy theories? No, Jesus doesn't come to deaden people or to make us spiritual zombies, little robots or whatever. His indwelling of us is not a hostile takeover. I used to have friends who who bought into what they called dirtball theology. We're just dirtballs. Or when you greet somebody, hey, how you doing? Oh, a lot better than I deserve. There's sort of an eorism that becomes like supposedly spiritual. No! I mean, it's okay to say better than I deserve, but come on. Better than I deserve. It's a wonderful thing that happens, and there's a a wonderful you that is being drawn out and redeemed, not destroyed. He comes to make us alive. His indwelling is an enlivening A blessing of whatever we are called to, whether it's big task or little task. And so the challenge is to know, to know His light and His life that you get to participate no matter what you're doing. Washing dishes, vacuuming the floor, doing important work or unimportant work. It's all His. And it's all a means of His shining His light into the world and bringing life where there was death. And so, friends, today, my prayer for you is is fourfold. And my prayer for myself. May the one who was and is God rule and govern, forgive and heal, May the one who is one of us wrap you in his arms of love and assure you, yes, child, I do understand. May the one who brings God's grace and truth assure you that he dwells within you to make you over in the likeness of the grace and truth that he himself is, and may the one who brings light and life shine through in all that you do, from the biggest to the littlest. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.